breaking news from The Athletic. Hi, this is Lindsay Jones from The Athletic. I'm joined today by Aaron Reese, our Houston Texans beat writer for a breaking news podcast. So the news this morning is that J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans have parted ways. J.J. Watt announced on Twitter that he asked for his release and the Texans granted it. So Aaron, take us inside this decision. Why did this happen here today on February 12th? Well, it was uh, pretty clear, uh, you know, during the season that he didn't want to play for a rebuild. He said he had a few good years left in him. He obviously is the second season in five years that he's played all 16 games. So, and and it went up to a four and 12 team. And I don't think he wanted to do that again. And even if Deshaun Watson uh, stayed on this team, I think the Texans are destined to kind of be a rebuilding team. I mean, Deshaun Watson was brilliant this season and they only won four games. So while I could kind of see the writing on the wall, he was entering the final year of his uh, contract, which had a 17 and a half million dollar cap hit, but no guaranteed salary. So the Texans could cut him and, uh, you know, not take on any dead money with the deal. They could also trade him, which is what I, I thought they were going to do. But, you know, ultimately they kind of decided, I guess, to just uh, give him all options on the table, make him a free agent for the first time. Ultimately, why do you think it was they ultimately came to this decision to release him? What sort of trade market do you think was out there? Or was this a case of let's just do right by one of the greatest players in franchise history? I think there certainly would have been a trade market for him. Uh, I mean, you know, I, he probably would not have been a uh, gotten a first round pick, which is kind of what I had heard they were would be the asking price to have moved him at the trade deadline, which was basically meant they were not going to move him at the trade deadline. Uh, but, you know, he, this is a guy who still had 14, 14 tackles for loss uh, this season. He still had seven pass breakups, which led all defensive linemen. Uh, his pass rushing production was down a bit. He only had five sacks and 17 could be hits this year, which is his fewest in a fully healthy season. But he also played on a team that was trailing a lot, that couldn't stop the run, and had basically no surrounding talent around him. I mean, he had uh, he was double teamed at the league's highest rate, according to ESPN. So I still think he could have maybe gotten a second round pick or a, like a, a third and a conditional second, something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up uh, having double digit sacks again at some point in his career. So knowing, knowing JJ, the way that you do what he has maybe left in the next, you know, next few years of his career, what do you think he's going to be looking for in his next team? And are there a couple landing spots that you think might really make sense for him when he uh, enters the market as a free agent? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, it, I think the biggest thing is, can he go somewhere and win a Super Bowl? I mean, this guy's made so much money. I'm sure he won't want to take a, a minimum deal or something like that. But I, I don't think money needs to be the foremost concern for him. He wants to go somewhere and win. He's never even played in you know, an AFC title game. Uh, so some of the teams that stand out to me, obviously the Packers, I think just make them so much sense for so many reasons. Uh, you know, he's from Wisconsin. Obviously, they could use the pass rush help. Buffalo is another team that I've seen floated as that could make some sense. Uh, I've thought, you know, Pittsburgh is where his two brothers play. They don't have necessarily the money or the flexibility, but that'd be kind of fun if they were all three on one team. Uh, and Seattle is another one that stood out to me as kind of could use some help to get, uh, you know, create pressure with just their front four. And, uh, and he would be, a, he'd be a good addition to that team as well. I like all of those options. I think they're all really intriguing. So now let's turn back our, our focus back to the Texans. Where does Houston go from here? They're obvi- this has obviously been a very tumultuous offseason already. Where does the Deshaun Watson situation stand? And what kind of Texans team are we maybe looking at without without J.J. Uh, Watt moving forward? Yeah, you know, the, the Texans ranked uh, by EPA per play were the fourth worst defense of this century this season. And that was with J.J. Watt on the team. So you can imagine that they'll be pretty bad without him. I mean, I, mean, I think uh, they're going to have to rebuild the defense. But the bigger question is, you know, like, is this kind of a, a, a one-year rebuild that they're about to be entering, maybe two years? Or is this like a three- or four-year project? And and that is going to depend on what happens with Deshaun Watson. I don't really think that, you know, releasing J.J. Watt has much impact on how Deshaun Watson feels. He wants to be out of there. He feels 
disrespected by uh, by management and whatnot. Um, but I do think it doesn't necessarily send the, the best message to him in terms of that you're trying to build a winner around him when you don't even get some sort of draft pick back for, you know, basically the best trade asset you have on the team outside of Watson himself. Uh, but this, regardless of what, what happened with Watt with his trade release, this team was going to probably move on from him and they're going to be entering a rebuild. So it's just a matter of how long and what happens with Watson. What do you think the Watson timeline looks like? How much sleep are you going to be able to get between now and the draft? I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that they at least don't make the move until a little bit before the draft so I can chill a bit this month. <laughs> we'll see. I uh, um, I mean, I, I, I think you can't really like the one thing I've learned about the Texans this past year, however long, is like you can't really rule out anything. So I think if you want to say like, well, if they don't trade him before the draft, then they're not going to trade him for a year. I think that makes logical sense to, you know, not not move him again until the following year. But this team has not necessarily always done the logical thing. So I don't think we should assume that. But the the big, I think, first kind of date at which they hit kind of a, a breaking point or a decision to make one or the other is kind of that week leading up to the draft, right? Are they going to make a move and, and trade them and, you know, get a new quarterback in this draft? Are they prepared to maybe have them sit out for a full year and have to sign some sort of bridge guy and, you know, go in 16, which I think would totally be on the table if you don't have Deshaun Watson and you don't have any, uh, you know, draft picks that come back in a Deshaun Watson trade. Wow. And just cons- just a year ago, this team was extending Bill O'Brien and they were, you know, within one game of, uh, you know, they were in the divisional round of the playoffs. It's it's really wild how uh, how fast life can come at you in the NFL. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us for this breaking news podcast, uh, looking into the J.J. Watt news in Houston. Make sure you check out all of our coverage of the J.J. Watt release and especially Aaron Reese's coverage at The Athletic. And, and we'll be back here with more breaking news as it happens.